Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Sanjay. You know, while we're working hard on the next season of Chasing Life, we decided to share a documentary series on medical marijuana. It's something that I've been working on over the last 10 years at CNN. Last week, you heard the first part of our very first documentary called Weed. It was from 2013. This is now the second part of that special. And we're going to begin by hearing about the truth and the science behind what's being called a growing epidemic. And then later, more about the first and youngest child to try marijuana in Colorado, Charlotte Figgy. This was the day Chaz Moore almost died. Pumped full of drugs like morphine, Dilaudid, Valium, to quiet a nonstop 48-hour attack. They thought I was going to overdose, and yeah, it was pretty bad. At his bedside, his father, Sean, watched his son go from being catatonic to what he calls high as a kite. How high are you on the morphine? I'm not not high (laughs) on... I've watched friends of mine die from taking the same drugs that he took. You see, Sean was a drug addict, and he had struggled for decades to get clean. It was scary. It was really important for him not to take these drugs if he could avoid them. If he could avoid them. I know how addictive they are. I've seen it. It scared the hell out of me. But Sean is not scared of marijuana, and neither is Chaz. This right here, I don't get sick off of it. I can't overdose. And Chaz is right about that. While there are fatal, accidental prescription medicine overdoses every 19 minutes in this country, there are virtually no reports of fatal marijuana overdoses. And it's perhaps one of the biggest reasons most people think pot is safe. In fact, a new study of children showed that by high school, only one in five think marijuana is harmful. That's the lowest number in more than two decades. And it's something we heard over and over as we traveled around the country. Not really that harmful. It has a lot of benefits. Not really too concerned about it. I think it's safe if you're a safe person. Probiotics are But the experts we spoke to said there is more to the story. There are people who compulsively smoke, who want to stop smoking, but they can't stop smoking. In fact, 9% of marijuana users will become dependent. Now, that's not as high as other drugs, like heroin. 23% of users become addicted, or 17% with cocaine, or 15% with alcohol. But it's still approximately one out of every 11 marijuana smokers. There's no longer any scientific debate that marijuana is not just psychologically addictive, but also physically addictive. So give me an update. How are you doing? Dr. Christian Thurstone runs one of Colorado's largest youth substance abuse treatment clinics. The number of marijuana addicts he treats has tripled in the last three years alone. Literally, I cried about it. 
marijuana is number one on their list of priorities. They have dropped out of life. Back in the day, I wouldn't feel like my day has really started if I didn't get high. Joel Vargas started smoking when he was just 13. By 15, he was smoking more than a dozen times a day. He stopped skateboarding. He even dropped out of school. I like getting high. I need to get high because my brain is telling me. Adolescents, starting at about age 13, have a pretty mature brain reward center. So they can experience rewards and pleasures the same way adults can. But the problem with that is that their prefrontal cortex, which helps people think ahead, um, control their impulses, that's not fully developed until age 24. That explains why adolescents are much more vulnerable. There's something else that addiction experts believe is likely happening in the brain. When you smoke pot, the feel-good chemicals that make up marijuana, called cannabinoids, remember them? They cause your brain to stop producing its own natural cannabinoids. When you stop smoking, you have no feel-good cannabinoids of your own. Until your body kickstarts production, you feel lousy. So many people smoke again to feel better. And today's marijuana could be more addictive. It has more of the psychoactive ingredient THC than ever before. Brain researcher, Dr. Nora Volkov. If you smoke a very potent marijuana, the 9-THC content is going to go very fast into your brain at relatively high concentrations. And then that increases its rewarding effects and its likelihood of transition into addiction. So how much stronger is it? You see the barbed wire, obviously, on the, on the fences. Well, I traveled to Mississippi, where marijuana is illegal. But here, on the campus of one of the country's oldest universities, Ole Miss, a huge stash of marijuana is under lock and key. This is our vault. This is some pretty tight security. I mean, look at this door. Mahmoud El Soli runs what's called the Marijuana Potency Project. What's the potency of this? This is about 8%. For three decades now, his team has analyzed weed confiscated from drug busts. This is uh, 36% THC. You can smell it. It has a, a, a good aromatic you wow. know, smell. How much does this worry you? 36% THC confiscated. It's very, very dangerous material. For someone that is not experienced in marijuana smoking, take some of this and they're going to go into the negative effects of the high amounts of THC, the psychosis, the irritation, the irritability, the paranoia, and all of this. And while not all the plants are this high, there's no question he's seen a trend. In 1972, the average potency was less than 1% THC. Now, it's nearly 13%. Are people becoming more obsessed with high THC marijuana? I think so. They start out with a half a percent or 1% and they get a good high. And then as they continue to use that, it doesn't give them the same high anymore. So they seek either smoking more or higher potency material. It happened to Joel Vargas. After a couple of years of smoking daily, Joel eventually ended up in rehab, where he faced mild withdrawal symptoms like irritability, insomnia, nausea. It certainly isn't anything nearly as dangerous as abrupt discontinuation of alcohol. You know, for somebody like Joel, going into rehab is really about learning new behaviors, more than it is about sort of treating the physiological dependence or tolerance or withdrawal issues. 
Joel's been clean now for six months. But these kinds of risks, they don't scare off Charlotte Figgy's parents. People ask us that a lot, like, you know, how did you make that decision? It wasn't a decision. It, wasn't a decision. it was the next viable option. And some would say a radical option. Marijuana for a five-year-old. But it was an option they hoped would change her life forever. Hi, baby. When we come back, Matt and Paige Figgy finally give their Charlotte marijuana. The results are shocking. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that, as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. It was January 2012, Afghanistan. About 7,000 miles away from his family in Colorado, Matt Figgy received this video from his wife, Paige. It's horrible seeing these videos when I'm deployed. It was his five-year-old daughter, Charlotte, seizing. Diagnosed with a severe form of epilepsy, she was having 300 seizures a week, each attack so severe it had the potential to kill her. They had already tried dozens of high-powered drugs. We needed to try something else and... At that point in time, marijuana was that natural course of action to try. At home in Colorado, Paige searched for marijuana high in CBD. That's the ingredient some scientists think helps seizures, and also low in THC. Remember, she didn't want to get her daughter stoned. She found a small amount at a Denver dispensary. The owner was surprised that anyone would even want it. And they said, it's funny because no one buys this, you know. Um, that was the general consensus. They, nobody wanted it. It didn't have any effect. Paige paid $800 for a small bag and took it home. I had a friend that was starting a business on making medicine. And I said, can you help me extract the medicine from the, this bag of marijuana? <laughs> I measured it with a syringe and squirted it under her tongue. It was exciting and very nerve-wracking. Holding Charlotte in her arms, Paige waited. An hour ticked by, and then another, and then another. 
She didn't、oh. have a seizure that day. And then she didn't have a seizure that night. Did you sit there and、yeah. look at your watch? And- <laughs> right. I thought, this is crazy. And、yeah. then she didn't have one the next day. And then the next day. And I thought, that is,、yeah. she would have had 100 by now. And I just, I know, I just thought, this is insane. I remember how happy Paige was. Like, it's really working. I can't believe it. Yeah, that was, that was pretty amazing to hear. It had worked. But in just a couple of weeks, the excitement. Was overshadowed by panic. Paige was running out of marijuana, and the dispensary didn't have any more of that particular strain. Even if there was more, the monthly price tag would have been astronomical $2,000, and not a penny of it covered by insurance. But then Paige heard about the Stanleys, the six brothers, and their greenhouse of marijuana that is high in CBD. I said, Oh my goodness. He says, I don't know what to do with it. We're trying new things with it, but no one wants it. It's not sellable. I said, Just don't, don't touch that because we need that plant. At first, they didn't want to take the risk of giving marijuana to such a young child. But then they met her. Tell me about the first time you met Matt, Paige, and Charlotte. Hmm. I'm gonna get you、uh, misty eyed. Yeah, you get all of us crying when we start talking about that little girl. The Figgies had hit the jackpot, a steady supply of high CBD marijuana, and they only had to pay what they could afford. People have called us the Robin Hoods of marijuana. They say that we sell pot so that we can take care of the kids and the truly less fortunate. Charlotte was the first of those kids. Late spring. 2012, she tried the Stanley special marijuana, and again, it worked. I can't tell you what that, what that means to us. Get you, get you a dozen in a little bit. <laughs> If it doesn't get you, something's wrong with you. She lived her life in a catatonic state. Now her parents get to meet her for the first time. What a revelation. Yeah, gee. The child who had had 300 seizures a week. Was now down to just one every seven days. <laughs> Pitter pat tiptoe. When I first met Charlotte, March of 2013, it was one year after that first dose of marijuana. Achoo! <laughs> after almost two years on a feeding tube, she was now eating on her own. Yellow? She was talking, even walking. Puppy. Yeah, she said, please. But these stories, they are not without their skeptics. One of the country's two hospitals dedicated to Dravet syndrome in Florida states at present there is no evidence that cannabidiol is effective for the treatment of epilepsy. The American Academy of Pediatrics also opposes cannabis, as does the National Institute on Drug Abuse. It is such an amazing turn of events that. It really can't be a fluke, but I do still wonder. Do you still wonder too, Matt? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> you know it's working. It's working great. You just look wonderful. And Charlotte's doctor, Alan Shackelford, also agrees. Yet his commitment to medical marijuana has drawn criticism. He's even been called Dr. Feelgood. How difficult is this for you to talk about as a physician? We are typically conservative as a, as a profession and, and probably as individuals. We want more proof. And cannabis doesn't have that. And it's why he has traveled the world to look for researchers who might have the answers 
and that took him to the place many call the medical marijuana research capital. Israel. It might surprise you, but actually research into cannabis and epilepsy started here in the 1970s with studies that showed it could reduce convulsions in rats. Today, Shackelford is hoping to start clinical trials in humans there. We need to understand it well enough that they won't be reluctant to at least give it a thought, at least try it. And it's not just epilepsy, but researchers in Israel are studying a variety of illnesses. As the sun was rising on the ancient city of Jerusalem, the final leg of our journey was just beginning. There have been some great advances here, and I'm proud of that, obviously. Dr. Boaz Lev is with Israel's Ministry of Health. Here, they have pioneered marijuana research. They were the first to isolate THC and CBD decades ago. And now the country's ministry licensed 10,000 patients to use marijuana medicinally and has approved more than a dozen studies to treat illnesses like PTSD, pain, Crohn's disease, even cancer. Hopefully, this will prove to be the best medication. I really hope so. We're not there yet. Answers might come from places like this. It's a state-run nursing home outside of Tel Aviv. Residents here are using marijuana for pain, loss of appetite, Parkinson's disease, and dementia. Moshe Root is one of those residents. He was 77 when he smoked his first pipe of marijuana. He's 80 now, and he smokes a couple of times a day. It's to help with the pain and the hand tremors caused by a stroke. So it's a mixture of tobacco and marijuana. He even decided to light up during our interview to stop his hands from shaking. You're saying your hands are steady because of the marijuana? It also helped ease a deeper pain hidden from sight. You see, Moshe is a Holocaust survivor. When his wife died a couple years ago, he was haunted by nightmares of his childhood, hiding from the Nazis. The marijuana, he says, took him out of the darkness. You dream. You fly. When you, when you smoke? Yeah. There are 19 other patients here. Scientists at Tel Aviv University are now studying their progress, and they call the results outstanding, including weight gain, improved mood, pain, and tremor reduction. But I can tell you as a doctor, it was my next stop that proved the most surprising. This is Israel's largest hospital, Sheba Medical Center. You put up your uh, medical cannabis. Amashe is using marijuana to help him with the pain and nausea from chemotherapy. Filling up the spoon, so that's your medicine inside there. Of course. Now take it out. Put up the mouth. And he's doing it inside the hospital. How are you feeling? A relief. First of all, in the muscle, in the leg. And you're not worried about any, any potential damage to your body? Not at all. The opposite, actually. I, I, really, I really believe I can be cancer-free for a long time if I continue uh, you know, consuming cannabis. Yes, he said cancer-free. Very early studies on mice in Israel, Spain, and the United States are now showing the potential of marijuana to kill cancer cells 
It's exciting research, but it is still in its infancy, and it's inconclusive. This program at Chiba is well-established, and experts say a teaching tool for using marijuana in other hospitals. Do you think this could happen in the United States? I don't know that there's yet enough really concrete evidence of cannabis's benefit uh, that, that's satisfactory, at least in that context. I think it's going to come. But it could be slow going. The FDA has been great at approving studies, but National Institute of Drug Abuse has been really stonewalling and blocking any studies looking at therapeutic effects of cannabis because that's not their mandate. Their mandate is to look at the harms of drug use. It's very easy to blame an organization. Dr. Nora Volkoff, who is the director of NIDA, says they are not standing in the way. She claims they are not the only government institute that approves marijuana research. If you would come up with a grant that says, okay, this is going to be a treatment for drug addiction, then it would go to us. But if it's cancer, it goes to the Cancer Institute. If it is schizophrenia, it goes to NIMH. And so the institutes have a mission with certain diseases. What is clear, there are bureaucratic hoops that most researchers simply don't want to jump through. Neuroscientist Carl Hart. There are not many people studying marijuana. It's very difficult to get approval to study marijuana. What's nice about Israel is that the government is helping the research to happen. And it's research that could give hope to patients like Charlotte Figge. Scientists in Israel are learning that marijuana use might actually protect the brain, not damage it. They've been able to show that it can decrease the amount of brain damage from head injuries in mice. To be able to give a medicine after the injury to reverse some of the damage, that's huge. You want to paint your nails? I'll paint your nails. I literally see Charlotte's brain making connections that haven't been made in years. It's almost seeming to build her brain where before it seemed broken. And while scientists are still at the very early stages of knowing if this is actually happening, I can tell you it was remarkable to see her progress. In the three months since we first met her, we saw a change. She was now talking more. Say puppy. Puppy. She's horseback riding. Good girl. She even rides a bike on her own. And the special strain made for Charlotte is now named for her. It's Charlotte's Web. It is Charlotte's plant. It's Charlotte's plant. Not anymore. Now it's for all the children. More than 41 children are using Charlotte's Web here in Colorado. All of them are reporting significant seizure reduction. And there are dozens more on a wait list, hoping, praying, that a plant could change their lives, just like it did for Charlotte. I'm going to get you. You both seem very at peace. I'm very at peace, yeah. Yeah. Very peaceful. We've been given a great life. You know, it's unfortunate that Charlie has this Gervais syndrome. But thank God we've got something now that's working. She's doing so great today. (laughs) When this documentary aired in 2013, Charlotte became a symbol. A symbol of what was possible the possibilities of CBD, thanks to the efforts of her family and people like the Stanley Brothers. Now, I have to tell you this. Unfortunately, during the earliest part of the pandemic in 2020, 
One day, Charlotte and her family all got sick. Her mother, Paige, had posted on Facebook that they had had fevers, pain, cough, stomach problems. They were struggling to breathe. While the rest of the family recovered, Charlotte eventually began having seizures again. While Charlotte's COVID-19 test result was negative, the Figgies said that maybe she had been tested too late for a positive result. And sadly, Charlotte Figgy, someone I became really close to, died on April 7, 2020. And Chaz Moore, the teenager who suffered from a rare medical condition that was radically improved by medical marijuana, he also passed away in 2021 at the age of 26. I think about both of them all the time. We're going to be back next week with another special taking a deeper look at CBD. Today, it's part of our daily dialogue, and it has ignited a multi-billion dollar industry. And that got us wondering, how far is too far? Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.